Hello and welcome to the Racing Only Better Royal Ascot preview show of 2023. I cannot wait for the big week. We are seven days out from Royal Ascot. We're filming this preview show. We're going to be covering all the big races. And then, of course, you're going to have the regular daily podcast as well. So we have loads of Betfair content coming your way. And I am joined on this preview show, as always, by the Racing Only Better boys, Dan Barber, Tony Calvin, Kevin Blake, and boss man Barry Orr's even got with us today. It's brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Dan, how pumped are you for Royal Ascot? Yeah, very fresh from a week away. Love um, it. Not seen a race while I've been away. Hopefully that won't hold me back. I don't think, we see, I don't think I missed anything Royal Ascot-wise in the last week or so, so I should be okay. Yeah, fired up. First one of these I've ever done. Oh. Bar Barry normally neglects me on these days. So. <laughs> okay, so you're off the subs bench and you're mm. on to the A-team. Tony Calvin has always been on the A-team. Yep. Um, what is your anti-post book looking like so far? Sparse. It's, uh, I think we, you know, we pride ourselves on being honest. I think when you look at the Cheltenham Festival and Royal Ascot, um, I think this is very small beer when you're talking about anti-post markets and anti-post betting. But and we haven't got decks for quite a lot of the races, so... There is that in mind, but what we have got is, is plenty of quality. So, yeah, um, I've had about five or six bets, okay. and um, I'll be telling you about those very shortly. Can't wait. Um, Kevin Blake, in terms of the meeting as a whole, do you think we're going into this meeting looking at what potentially could be a vintage year, high-quality racing? Yeah, I think so, Vanessa. Look, one of my favourite weeks of the year, definitely. Um, as flat racing goes, like this is tip-top international farm lines come together it's a real focus point for everyone um, that operates at that sort of level in the game so look long range forecast it looks like it'll be a nice uh, fast ground asket and yeah. yeah can't wait to get going good fair racing ground that's what we want isn't it barry yeah of course it's uh, it's such a fantastic meeting like it's five great days and it kicks off on the tuesday it gets straight mm. into it doesn't it there's no messing around mm. quality racing right from the get-go on the tuesday and uh, you know just so much to look forward to well, exactly that. It's the Tuesday is the big day for me. Racing sort of purists, it's their day, isn't it? And we can kick off with the big race, the first race, the Queen Anne Stakes on the Tuesday, Barry. For me, this doesn't look like a vintage renewal. Obviously, Modern Games up at the top of the market, I presume. What's it looking like below him? Yeah, Modern Games is seven to four chance. After he won the lock hinge, he was a six to one chance for this before winning the lock hinge. He went straight into two to one off the back of that win. And Spiral, who comes here, and same sort of, uh, as last year when didn't have a prep run uh, didn't stop her last year either uh, she's nine to four she's been quite strong in the market nine to two ever and uh, native trail is an eight to one chance and it's 14 to one bar chinned it at 14 to one we've seen a few quid each way for that I traded at 1.17 in running in the lock hinge to beat modern games so uh, not a whole lot between them but their price is a massive uh, disparity in their prices today Okay, well, let's get stuck in, boys. Um, Modern Games has obviously proven himself as the standout older miler in the lock -inch, But in Spiral, if she comes here in the form, like Barry said, that she came to Royal Ascot last year, then she's going to put it up to him, isn't she? But the big question is, will she be in that form, Dan? It is a question, but her record when fresh is unimpeachable so far. I think the most impressive performance of her career, she's had bigger wins in terms of prestige, but... The most impressive performance last year was when she obliterated them first time out off apparently a troubled layoff. Now, Ascot, this race in particular, is potentially a couple of knocks because you've lost Mal Jume earlier in the week, who was one of the most exciting mm. and probably the unluckiest loser of the entire yeah. season last season, beaten, what, half a length without leaving the bridle. Um, two horses, therefore, that would have been coming back with slight doubts about their well-being, but 
in her case, we know that she's been able to shrug aside a layoff like that before. Fundamentally, I think she's as good a horse as modern games at level weight, and she gets the three. So I think if she's fit and firing, they may have them in the wrong order. But Ooh. I wouldn't be. You can't be mega strong when you're dealing with a filly that's missed that much time, and she's blown out a couple of times, but she's never blown out when fresh. Yeah, that's the angle. I just don't trust her. But like you say, the, the best fresh angle is the big positive with her. TC, you're shaking your head. Which yep. way do you fall on this? Um, I think Modern Games is very, very solid. Uh, I think 74 is not a bad price. A little bit bigger on the exchange, as you'd expect. Uh, I'd, I'd tend to top and tail this market. I would take out the equation, um, the filly, because I just think, you know, she's blown out at 7's on in the Falmouth. She's beaten at 11 to 10 in the QE2. Um, she's just not a betting proposition around 11, uh, about 9 to 4, given that patchy profile. I mean, she missed the lock-ins. They were making very, very, kind of like, very underwhelming noises uh, on the back of that. So if, if he's got them here, like, in the same form she did last year, of course she's got a chance, but 9 to 4 seriously underestimates, uh, overestimates her chance. Um, I like Chindit, the one Barry's mentioned. Um, he mentioned that he made a race-meaning race move in, in the lock-ins, traded very, very short. Uh, got good Ascot form. I think the 14 to 1 is very, very good each way. Uh, I'm against Aravan, the 9 to 2 third favourite. I don't think that's going to run, is it? No, I exactly. Said, that, yeah. That's what you've got to be against. Actually, she's never run on. Um, she was underwhelming uh, last time in 5th or 6th in France. She's never run on any, anything quicker than good to soft. Mm. Uh, I think it is, it's, really, it's a really nice each way shape to the race. If you want to be on the biggest shortener, I think it's probably triple time. Now, Triple Time's got a lot to find, but his best form's come on a mile on fast ground. He was a big mo overnight mover and a morning. It sustained into the morning in the lock-ins, and he, he got pulled out on the back of, a, of one of those veterinary, new veterinary inspections that they pulled him out. So at 40 to 1 each way, three places, in a race that could cut up to less than eight, I, I would probably, if I was playing the race now, I totally respect the favourite, but I'd be chinned it each way at 14s and Triple Time 40 to 1. Uh, each way as well. I, I think the latter is potentially the big shortener in the race. Dare I add one okay. quick thing tactically just for that? Oh, we see, we saw with Marjum last year, that round course is a bit of a disaster for a hold-up horse, isn't it? Chindit will be in position A. He's yeah. going to sit prominently. I think that's basically where you want to be in that race. Chindit, the proverbial good yardstick. That's what he always yeah, gets called in this division. But <laughs> this could be his group one moment, Kev. Yeah. Are we ignoring a horse like Native Trail, for example? Obviously, crack two-year-old, bit below par as a three-year-old, now as a four-year-old. Are we, are we writing him off too soon? Um, well, he was a bit disappointing on the return, I thought. Now, in fairness, he's always going to be one to tighten up for the run. Mm. Like He's quite a, quite a heavy top boy, heavy horse in general. So I could see him tightening up for that. And I think a mile is probably his trip. They yeah. explored further with him. But um, I'd it'd be interesting if they put cheek pieces on him. <laughs> uh, I've said that before. I think a mile with some headgear on would be interesting. Not that he's ungenuine, but I think he's one of those. He just hits these little little flat spots and a bit of uh, a concentration aid might might be of benefit to him. Um, tricky old race, this. Like, Modern Games has been brilliantly well-placed. Like, five-time group grade one <coughs> winner. Um, you know, got the domestic group one last time, but the race really went for him. Like pace-wise, it was a fascinating race from a sectional point of view. Like they went too hot in the middle part of the race and he was out of that fire and benefited yeah. from that late. Chindit was one that was put in, um, not as bad as some, but he was in, he was in that fire to an extent. Um, you know, so you can mark him up, but for me, you can mark Muta Sabek up even more. 
Um, like he was, he was up there forcing that pace in the hottest part of the race. He's weakened out of it late. Um, he's 20 to one. Um, and I don't think that reflects his relative merits. Um, he'd been very good beating Native Trail the time before, looked better than ever. Um, he's gone very well at Ascot, albeit the round, we're on the straight here. Um, and I, I just could see the case for him. I don't think it'll be the type of race that the Lockinge ended up being. And I'm hoping he'll be up there, they won't go mental. And um, he'll certainly have a great chance of hitting the frame okay. at 20 to one, which would put you in mm. business. And um, I wouldn't like to rule him out as a potential winner either. So okay. I thought, it, like he was actually I was looking at this market a few days ago, like and he was he was quite a bit shorter. Like the the, the price, the market has opened up a little bit on him in recent days, and it's uh, it's going the wrong way. I hope <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone knows something. I hope um, I'm not you know playing into something that um, someone knows something that I don't. But um, I think twenty to one looks looks a seriously appetising price. All right, okay, a few bigger price pokes in the first. Then let's roll on to the Coventry Stakes. Um, this looks like an absolute belter, but it's very market-focused around the top two in the market. Of course, we saw Bowie's Asadna come out and do that blistering performance at Ripon. And then over on the other side of the Irish Sea, we've had River Tiber win in fine style twice now. Obviously got an extra run over Asadna, but it's all about them as far as I can tell in the betting, Barry. Is that the way you're looking at it as well? Yeah, it's 12 bar to two of them. They take out over 50% of the market. River Tiber, nine to four, just ahead of the, the Bowie horse Asadna. Um, they're both very impressive winners on their debut. I think the edge is just given the River Tiber having ran in Nace mm -hmm. and, and Aidan O'Brien after that race, uh, he, he was really pleased that he got into a bit of a tussle there because he felt the horse would have learnt an mm -hmm. awful lot. Um, and he looks a really, really smart prospect. Considering he's by Wooden Bassett, who's like to win 10 lengths first time up over five furlongs, I, I don't think there's many Wooden Bassets have done that, but mm -hmm. he seems, to, he seems <laughs> to be the real deal. They seem to be very, very excited about this horse. Okay, well, but TC, mm. when Asadna made his debut at Ripon, you were one of the people who were so impressed with that. Um, which side are you falling on, or are we ignoring those horses at bigger prices who have put in good debut performances further down the betting? Well, the problem we've got at the moment is, until we get to the five-day decks, we don't know what's going to turn up against them, because uh, we haven't got any entries for this race yet. So we are, a lot of people will be running scared of these two, but the same can be said of a couple of other two-year-old races. So... It does, well, as Barry said, they're taking out over half the market, and, and probably rightly so. Um, you've got a situation whereby River Tiber, I spoke to Ryan, I, I had a brief chat with Ryan on Saturday morning about how his Ascot book is looking at the moment. He, they're very, very keen on River Tiber, obviously. Um, the key to him is stepping up to six furlongs. Mm. Ryan said, I think he'll get seven, so he said the six furlongs going to be no problem whatsoever. They expect it to come through massively. Uh, the Nace form is the five-runner race uh, he won at Nace has worked out okay. Uh, the third only got only beaten by an Albany-bound horse uh, on Sunday. The fourth has come out and won since. Um, and I'll let Dan tell you about Asadna because it just did something special on the clock at Ripon. I mean, he was, after that, after that Ripon win, uh, I think it was on a Sunday, um, bookmakers may be caught a little bit unawares. Uh, they went 12s afterwards. It was 9s in the morning. And by about 11 o'clock, uh, by 11 o'clock, um, he was into a 72 um, yeah. uh, with Sportsbook and on the exchange as well. So well, I'll let Dan tell you about George Barry's horse yeah, because he was something special, wasn't it, Dan? It was funny. It was like in Slack channels, everyone has Slack nowadays, like WhatsApp, isn't it, for work? But there were just a few few glimmers, like a message. Did anybody mm. just see that at yeah. Ripon? And then it was 
oh yeah, I'll, I'll watch it back, see what it was like. And then before you knew it, people are saying, right, we need to get a provisional time figure out for this because it looks something exceptional, faster than mm. older horses running, uh, established older horses at that. So yeah, freakish thing on the clock. I am minded generally to prefer a bit more experience in an Ascot two-year-old race because you're going to have uh, another point to make how much shorter can those two get maybe seven to four twos or something depending mm. on what yeah, turns up the price up there's sure. not going to be a, a a massive shortening of either yeah. i don't think perhaps someone will take a particularly strong view on the day but i find that hard to believe but i like the idea of a horse that's had an extra race of conditioning and it doesn't take much to knock a two-year-old off its stride in a big competitive race like this with loads of runners mm. different tests they've had before Maybe just having that extra run under his belt for River Tiber is the thing that if you gave me an even money toss of a coin, who yeah. would you prefer? It probably would be him. And that okay. Asadna did le uh, did need only really got going from halfway, and if he if he if he makes the same mistake, uh, Ascot, it could be playing catch so up big stuff. Any concern that Bowie? Obviously, you know he knows the time of day, and they're not as scared mm. to put the money down. But this went off a four to one yeah. chance on his debut. Yeah, I think they say, they say it's quite a sleepy horse, and even the people that had him as a breezer. You know, they, they, and I think what, what he did in his breeze was his actual time for the two furlongs wasn't a top notcher, but there's a few people that measured him in the in the 100 yards or so after the line, and he was really strong through there. Okay. So I think there's a view out. that he, 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 he he's a little bit sleepy. And so yeah. then he ran like that, that, didn't he? Yeah, so then on that basis, the question to you, Kev, is how much is he going to step forward from the debut run to the Coventry, for the Coventry, and how much is River Tiber going to appreciate the step up to six, and how much improvement is that going to bring out of him? Yeah, River Tiber's interesting. You know, I've I've been there for both his his um, his wins and look. Last time, I think it was very obvious what they were doing. You know, I think over the years, Aiden has evolved his approach to the two-year-olds, and he's very very keen to get the most you know hardy experience into them as he can because he, I think they fell into the trap of going there with with, with once raced ones that they really liked and got a few of them beat mm. for lack of know-how. So I think that it was very deliberate dropping him back to five and giving him a, a real uh, a real hardy experience. You know, I think it, it'll be to his benefit. But look, the lads have covered the front two really well. I'll just throw a few yep. more into the mix. Go for um, it. Now, Barnwell Boy, horse I like a lot. Charlie Johnson, he's 25 to 1 for this. Um, but he's also the fab for the Windsor Castle. I haven't, I failed to find any chat as to where he's going to go. But he won over six furlongs at Goodwood first time. Really impressive. Yeah. Despite greenness, um, very strong on the clock. Um, you know, if you if if you took the twenty fives and he ends up going here, you're holding the right beano, and um, he won't go off the colour of that. Um, like if he was fiercely impressive. It's worth chasing it up if you haven't seen it. So he's one I wanted to mention. I'll also mention another Wooden Bassett of Aidan O'Brien's, um, unquestionable. Um, loads of talk about this fella before his debut. He was beaten and wasn't given a hard time of it. Um, they backed him up into a conditions race last time, and it wouldn't have done anything for anyone on the clock. They crawled. Um, but he was good and impressive, strong up through the line. Um, and he's 16 to 1 or so for the Coventry. Um, haven't heard for sure he's a runner, but he's one worth keeping in your mind. And another one that I'll mention finally, again, with options, is Give Me the Beat Boys. Um, Jessica Harrington, owned by Conor Nan. Um, going to have the experience. You know, I, th I think the horse is going to go to the London sale on the Monday. Um, he certainly entered, so there could be fireworks there now because he he's, he was impressive. Yeah. He was very good. The first day at, Na at Navin, it's worth watching back, um, the field split, and he came near side and came from an unpromising position, won, 
and the rest of that card, nothing that stayed that side was competitive yeah. at all. Um, so it seemed a bigger performance that it looked on paper. And then he's gone to the Marble Hill and beat some, you know, very well-regarded ones um, narrowly, but beat them. Yeah. And I think he'll come forward again. Do he l he's eligible for Chesham um, through his mammy. Um, but the Coventry is also there as well, so um, I'm sure we'll get a report on that. He'll probably be given entries in both, go through the sales and let the new owner decide what he wants to do. But Intriguing, um, yeah. He'll definitely be one of the more streetwise ones in there versus those horses who just Well, look, he, he, did, he did, you know, he's had his two runs now, but the first day he did show an experience. He was better the second day, but yeah. I think he'll come on again. So there's a few names anyway. Again, um, because we don't, as TC says, we don't have entries for many of these two-year-old races, but keep the names in your mind wherever they line up. Let's roll on to the King Stand, the first big sprint of the week on the Tuesday, of course. And this has got a great international feel. I'm here for this race. You know, you look at it, you've got the older mare and Highfield Princess taking on a crack Aussie sprinting filly, a three-year-old in Coolangatta, taking on our own three-year-old filly in Dramatise, who I know so many of you are very fond of. And then a, a whole host of other international runners that might come into the mix as well. This is exactly what Royal Ascot won in terms of a race, a Group 1 race, especially on the first day with the international mix but it does make things confusing if you're not following the international form mm. Dan of course Coolangatta has won the lightning stakes that's the big one but how does the form stack up and what can we expect from her well uh, as ever it's fairly hard to yeah. assess between the two we've seen Astrological who's been having a crack yeah. over here and has been put in his place to some extent but he's looked a second tier sprinter over there to some extent and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results and that's how it feels opposing these top end Aussie sprinters it's the presence of Kulna Gatta that would put me off Highfield Princess at a shortage oh. price just because she couldn't have made, made a more encouraging return no I mean there's no holes to pick in that no. really mm. but if this thing is a 130 sprinter as nature strip proved to be then he will get the better of her and she's a shorter price than him I'm actually looking at I'm hoping for a pace collapse in this. And I'm going to try and tap into that angle from the Temple Stakes at Haydock where an outgoing clerk of the course maybe got a bit liberal with the watering can one day. <laughs> mention Dare any names. you say. Don't um, mention any names, but happy retirement. And there was a massive track bias and draw bias with high numbers near side dominating. And Royal Acclaim was one who tried to go down the oh middle. Yeah. Hung left and tied up late on. Might just have needed the run. But because of the wavering late on, Give me one from that race who I think can make an impact in this, and it's Mitt Barhi. Stiff five is absolutely ideal for this horse. He'll have nothing to do with what's likely to be a blazing early pace. Clearly, you're dependent on getting the draw and being on the right part of the track, but I think he's a horse who can make an impact in a race like this late on, delivered late. If he's a flattered winner, I couldn't care less, but that it might work out that way if we get a couple of blasters. All right, okay, a bit of a, a one away from the top few in the market, Barry, but what is the market looking like for this? Yeah, it's five to two at the moment. I feel Princess Kulnagata, the filly, is a three to one chance. Five dramatized. Cannonball is eight, and it's uh, Manacan ten, and it's sixteen. Bardos. I, I'd like to make Bahi as well. I thought that Temple Stake run was really adequate from him mm. first time up this season. He's a thirty-three to one chance. He has been a hundred to one in the anti-post market, wow. so he's been well nibbled at. Um, it will be now after it's it. Yeah. After <laughs> Dan tipping yeah. him up, yeah, no doubt about it. But Highfield Princess, she's the standout at the moment. You know, took her a couple of runs last year just to come to the boil. And once she did, she really took off and improved leaps and bounds all through the summer. And this year, it was a really, really good performance. First time up in, the, in, in, um, York. in York, yeah. 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 
I mean, it's great they've kept her in training and she doesn't have a huge amount more to prove, really. We know she's a hard-knocking sprinter. We know, Kev, the level that she brings. She's not... I don't think there's probably much more improvement in her, but if she can go back to her peak last year, then she really sets the standard. But you've always been such a fan of Dramatise. Can she get the better of this international field? Um, look, it's a big ask. It's a big ask. But you were so impressed with her. You liked her at Haydock, I did, you? but, you know, there she was probably in the right part of the track that day and you know this is another level you okay. know and Highfield Princess does bring you know domestically brings a high level the Aussies are kind of hard to work out they're a different profile that you know I don't think they're nature strips um the Philly beat nature strip last time but I'd say looking at him his best day, you know he's an older boy and I'd say based on his couple of runs this year um, he's probably not the power he once was certainly not this time last year yeah and one point I'd make about her um you remember when Black Caviar came over? You know, she was an older mare at that stage, but do you remember how bad she looked? You know, the, yeah. the, these are out of season um, Aussie sprinters, and you can get away with such things with geldings and colts much more than you can with fillies. So, I mean, I know Tony Calvin will be camping a tent overnight at the front row of the paddock mm -hmm. to be having a look Pre -parade at this. Pre-parade and paddock, he'll be there. To, to be having a look at this filly. Yeah. I always <laughs> remember <laughs> when Black Caviar came over, all the jockeys came out of the weighing room en masse to actually see her. And all of them just looked aghast at how badly she looked. Mm. And she'd worn that wetsuit over. Do you remember that travelling wetsuit? Apparently even I could have seen a paddock negative there. Yeah, <laughs> she looked terrible uh, in her coat. It's understandable why. And um, Look, sometimes they can, they can overcome that. But it's something worth watching now because it, it's a punchy thing to do. Um, it's always a punchy thing for, for Aussies to come over mm. uh, at this time of year. Mm. But with a filly in particular... And I just don't know about the, her level of form, you know, compared to some of the ones we've seen come over and be dominant. Um, so, look, the very best to look to her and, indeed, the other one. Um, they're younger than we'd often see as well. They're, we'd call them four-year-olds. They're Aussie three-year-olds. Mm. Um, so, interesting. But I, I think we might have a chance of whacking them. Um, now, which now. one? I don't know, but I'm going to give you one at a million to one. Go on, then. Um, that is, is an intended runner. And Drum it just roll. wouldn't be a surprise if she slipped into the frame. Is uh, Muniista. Um She's been forgotten about. She was fourth in the race last year for, for Jack Davison. She switched to Joseph. Um, she was beaten in her prep run last time, but I'd be extremely forgiving of that um, because, because of the way it panned out. She went to the mare sale, and it was a relatively late decision for her to go to Joseph, and she wasn't there all that long. Yeah. Um, she's there. She's sent to him with a view to nothing but Royal Ascot, and it was a big old rush to get her to her prep run, and I thought she shaped quite well. She didn't get the run of it, um, didn't get a clear run, um, was ultimately well beaten now, but I'd say it'll be like an awful lot of improvement in her. Okay. Um, I saw her two weeks before that run, and her coat was a long, long way from where you'd want it to be. On the day, it had improved, but she still was not there. And I suspect that by the time we get to Royal Ascot, she'll she'll be booming. And look, she she'll be fifty to one plus. I'd well say. Well, what price is she, Barry? We can. She's not in the market at the moment. Yeah, she, oh. she'll be 50 to 1 plus and probably much bigger on the exchange even. And it just wouldn't be a shock now if she outran it. Um, like, can she win a king stand? It might be asking a bit, but she nearly slipped into third last year behind Nature Strip. So All it right. wouldn't be a shock if she managed to wiggle her way into the mix somehow. And TC, is this a race that you've had a bet in? Yeah, uh, I have done. Uh, just one thing before I go into that. Cool and get out was... Was a at one stage was doubtful to even come over after disappointing in a barrier trial. Oh so yes, that's maybe, maybe that's uh, something to bear in mind. I've backed Manikan now. The price has gone, so I'm not going to say back him uh, back him at the current price at ten to one. When I was doing the final prep for this yesterday, she was uh, he was pretty much 14s across the board, and it was cutting to tens overnight. 
Uh, so I think the tens now is at the at the base level. Uh, I think she, I think he will drift. But uh, the the story for Manekan is um, she was 33s after the Palace House uh, finished third there. Go back and have a look at that run. Uh, you can mark it up massively. Now she was on the far side. She was drawn one, and the uh, and uh, the first, second, and fourth home were drawn 15, 16, 17. She was well away from all the action. Frankie, by accident or design, actually came right away, the, drifted right left across the track. And like I said, she was only beaten a length and a half. It was a massive improved performance. Uh, she does need to progress markedly again in this kind of grade, but I think the potential's there. Okay. She's two from three at the track. She's ground versatile. There, we mentioned the ground, you know, definitely going to be firm, uh, fast, but... There is um, some thunderstorms due around on Wednesday and Friday, mm -hmm. uh, and they have been watering every other day. So maybe it might not be as quick as we think, but Manakan each way is one to have on your side on the day, if not now. Right, brilliant. Kingstown done. Let's roll on. Last race on the Tuesday to discuss the St. James's Palace stakes. Now, of course, this Very is excited. a clash of the Guineas winners right. on both sides of the Irish Sea. We've got Caldine coming in here right. from Newmarket, and we've got Paddington coming in over here from Ireland. They're clashing at the top of the market, but then in behind them, the likes of Cicero's Gift, Mustabshire as well. Isaac Shelby bringing in the French form, obviously didn't win the French 2000 guineas, but ran a belter over there. So we've got guineas form coming at us from every single angle. But Caldine, very different conditions he's going to experience in the St. James's Palace. Is he the standout three-year-old miler at this point, Dan? I wouldn't say it's standout. I mean, it's top. It's top-level form, obviously. Who's the best three-year-old miler in your mind right well, now? Well, at, at the moment, uh, actually not anymore. What would it be? Ten days' time. I think the one I will be discussing and crowning is Cicero's gift. Oh, oh. TC. And this is it TC. for you. This was an early shout for TC. Was. This wasn't dissimilar to the Bowie two-year-old. It was a Sunday at Goodwood. Yeah. Well, I don't know what time frame we're doing, but they let me loose on the report, I mean, <laughs> even though there were no obstacles to jump. And I was like... I wasn't that aware of what the runner-up had done going into it, but has come out and finished a much closer third at, at Epsom since behind established sort of grade grew two performers like Regal Reality. Yeah. But what he did to that horse, who admittedly got a trouble run, was just, I don't know, I thought it was freak show stuff. A burst of pace that settled the race, looked a perfect ride for somewhere like Ascot, where... It requires a bit of a burst of pace and acceleration, maybe get you out of a bit of a pocket. Yeah. I thought he was incredibly impressive. And if it came down to him and Caldean still on the bridle approaching the final furlong, I think Cicero's gift would have a superior turn of foot. We, we can't, can we get that carried away with the three-year-old generation who've had a crack in classics? Because no. I don't think we can. Is no. it, there's much of a muchness feel about it, Kev, I feel. It, is, that, is that fair? Of those, of those horses that have run in the classics, so you've got that band up here, and then the likes of Cicero's Gift and Mustabshire sort of doing this, and it's like, how far will they match? That's yeah, how I view it. Well, look, I think this is where we'll find out. You know, all, all the form lines are coming together. They're, they're almost all going to be there, I'd say, um, in terms of the ones you'd want there. And, and this is where you find out. And look, it's interesting because you, you can poke and prod at most of them to an extent. You know, Caldine, you know, did what he did at Newmarket. Um, atrocious conditions was in the right spot. Um, look, I know he's done it in the Jewhurst as well, but um, I don't know if I want to fully buy into him, given he's the fav. Paddington, I thought, was quite good at the Curra. Um, you know, a little bit steadily run. You know, missed the kick, was probably fortunate to get prominent. 
Um, wouldn't want to miss the kick around here. You know, you can find yourself badly positioned if you're a bit tardy at the gates. Um, a horse I do like, mind. Um, and I just, uh, Cicero's gift and Mustabshir, both very impressive. Uh, clock doesn't necessarily back them up just yet. And, uh, and in situations like that where they bolt up and um, they're visually very good, I, I do like to look to the clock for a bit of encouragement. And it, it's not quite there with either of them. So um, I'm happy enough just to watch them for the minute. And I find myself almost by process of elimination thinking Isaac Shelby is overpriced. Right. Um, like he, he was brilliant in his trial, like really good, bad ground now really good really strong on the clock thought he'd win the french guineas narrowly failed messy race bottled up steadily run um winner has come out and gone well in the british hockey club and look i think they will have learned from that they'll ride him a little bit differently they'll make a little bit more use of him like he's a beautiful moving horse like i think fast ground is going to be fine um and yeah narrowly just at the prices really but all right well barry <coughs> what are the prices isaac shelby please yeah isaac shelby's currently a uh seven to one chance from six actually so he's just drifted out of so point kev's just tipping up drifters well <laughs> i love it i don't know about that they mightn't, <laughs> they mightn't drift for long once he's putting them no, up exactly. but uh, you can't separate <laughs> the two at the head of the market on the exchange it's two to one each of two on the sports book cheldean is 13 to eight from six to four another one just slight drift and paddington is 15 to eight the big springer in the race really has been Musta Sheber, who uh, was 14 from 50 after it won in York. That was quickly snapped up. It was into eight, and now he's a six to one chance. So he seems to be the one if there's a lurker there himself and uh, Cicero's gift against the two at the head of the market. And we're flagging at this stage every day for Royal Ascot. Bet 10 on horse racing multiples, and you get a free 10 pound bet on horse racing multiples. My favorite. Bet fair offer, obviously. Uh, well, I know that. And obviously River Tiber and Paddington, that's going to be a popular day one double. Uh, the two Ryan Moore horses, so check out okay. what he has to say on betting that bet fair every day. Nice, right. Uh, TC, you can't be abandoning Cicero's gift now, are you? You were the one who flagged him up early to us. Yeah. You've been such a fan of his. Please tell me you're tipping him. Um, not his current price, no. Um, the, uh, the angle into this is going to be on the day. Um, I'm a big fan of Cicero's disc, big fan of Bob Tabshear, but as Barry said, the, the prices have ebbed away a little bit. Um, as I said, I spoke to Ryan briefly on Saturday morning about his book arise at Ascot, and the one thing I took away from that is that Paddington is probably the horse he's most looking forward to. Now, when Aidan gets these three-year-olds on a roll, or any horses on a roll, they're very hard to stop, and I, I think, they, wow. they think they've got a real one there. So with all of that, I respect Isaac Shelby, and hopefully we'll get some, you know, some other horses in there with half a chance. But my angle into this race is I'll be laying Chaldean for a place, probably, if I can get a suitable price once I know the makeup of the race. I think the Guinea's form is modest, uh, his two-year-old forms looking increasingly suspect. Um, I think Paddington will go a favourite. Uh, hopefully, Chaldine won't drift too much, so I can I can get him in the bag in the in the place market. I'll be against Chaldine basically. All right. Okay. Let's roll on to day two, guys. Um, day one, obviously, sort of 
big quality card and then we roll on to day two and we've got the Prince of Wales estates to get stuck into first now obviously the news came out yesterday no Desert Crown disappointing uh, everyone's saying this could be one of the ra well the race of the meeting we need these lot to show up but we've got Luxembourg in there with Adar up at the top of the market Bay Bridge obviously if there's a little bit of given the ground we hope to see him my Prospero who obviously was such an eye-catcher a year ago in the St James's Palace there's so many different form lines coming in here. Um, Dan, we'll start with you. When we last saw Luxembourg, he got that tactically brilliant ride mm. from Ryan Moore at in the Tattersall's Gold Cup, and he's riding that track so well. Is he going to be able to execute the same tactics on him here at Ascot? I think it's the right course to try and do it. As we mentioned, shortish home straight. Seen a fair few races nicked, haven't we? And maybe he's a good enough horse to say he wouldn't nick it anyway, because if it wasn't a coming-of-age performance, I think it was the most convincing performance he's put up in his career to date. Yeah. That said, I'm never a big believer in, oh, well, he had 50 yards to catch him anyway once he was in the clear. I think if Baybridge could have got out when he wanted to, he would have had claims of getting past Luxembourg, who got a brilliant ride anyway. But I came in this morning barreling with enthusiasm about Baybridge. Why is he twice the price of Luxembourg? And Tony quickly put a pin in it saying, well, he probably won't even run unless he's sticking an awful lot of water down. So mm. I'm in a difficult position with this race now. On the book, Baybridge and my Prospero are basically the same horse anyway on the champion stakes run of last season. Um, where Adiar was second as well. He's another contender, of course, but I, d I think he's underpriced. Um, so I probably will get down to point. If, if my Prospero is, an, is declared and Baybridge isn't, I'll just back my Prospero because you're betting on the same farm line anyway. But I absolutely loved how Baybridge shaped on his on his most recent appearance okay so few thunderstorms for you a yeah, little please. bit of watering as well no Enough offense i hope you all get soaked everyone who's yeah there. on the That's tuesday right. on the tuesday when we're leaving just after racing <laughs> and then they'll hopefully let him run what about the party in the park though or whatever i'll sacrifice like. the party in the park it's yeah. actually the you will not <laughs> <laughs> no but right. sacrifice <laughs> the party i'm i'm just like i i absolutely flourish at royal ascot i'm not gonna lie this is my this is my week guys this is my week i've um, never heard it described as flourish before yeah. <laughs> that is a massive nap landed uh, TC <laughs> you don't expect Baybridge to show up then all day um, on your side like I said they are watering every other day I think Ascot are renowned for producing ground easier than, than uh, officially given uh, and did, like I did say there are some pretty hefty showers around um, twice this week so maybe he will turn up but I do know that on fast ground, they'll be loath to loath to try him here. So bear that in mind if you are back in 80 post, be a bit of a weather watch there. Um, nothing against the top two in the market, but you know, regular uh, regular listeners of um, of weighed in uh, will know that I have a theory about this race, and it might be that Hookham is jetsoned into the race. So if you're taking the price now, and that does happen, you are going to be sitting on one bad bet. Uh, now they haven't ruled it out. Um, uh, hook and running here instead of the Hardwick for which he is favourite. My, my logic is, what's the point in going and winning a Group 2 Hardwick when you're already a, gr a Group 1 winner over a mile 4? You haven't got a Group 1 mile 2 win in your locker yet. This would be an ideal opportunity for that. Now, the more rain they put on, the more likely they are to do it. They've got until, I think on Wednesday, I think they don't declare the Friday stage until Thursday. So they, if there is rain around at the start of this week, they have got that to, to make the decision. And obviously with the owner, it won't, you know, the cost of supplementing won't be prohibitive. So 
I think if you are going to bet in this race now, just tread cautiously. So I wouldn't be massively surprised to see Hookham in here. And if he is, I think he'd be favourite. What price would you back in with a run? For this, mm. I'd need to know whether Baybridge turns up and, and, and everything like that. I mean, I think the angle into Hookham maybe come on later in the week, but um, it's something to bear in mind. If you ask me for a bet now on what we know, what we think is going to run, I think my Prospero uh, each way is, is very, very solid. Kev, are you surprised to see Adair up near the top of the market with Luxembourg? Yeah, I, I have him a bit bigger, Adair. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, look, super race this. I wouldn't have heaps again. And I, look, I think Baybridge will run. You know, I think it, it was very quick when he ran it last year. And, and, he, and I thought he ran his race. He, he just met a better one on the day. Um, stop smirking. Go <laughs> 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 on, continue. Um, look, my Prospero is the one I like. Um, he's still low mileage. He's only had the seven runs. He's only exposed over the mile and the quarter. He won a, a Group Two in France. His first goal last year um, had a f had a funny absence. You know, three months. Something presumably went wrong, and ran a stormer in the British Champion Stakes. Mm -hmm. So again, he's another one following on from my Queen Anne selection. Another one that was in the wrong spot pace-wise um, on his return in the lock-inge, um, hung in there very well. But I think, look, that that'll hopefully put him bang on for a return to a mile in the quarter. I um, think he's very, very solid. Um. But Kev, we all know that the big question with my Prospero is: Does William Haggis like having winners at Ascot <laughs> as much as he likes having winners at York? Remember when they were on Royal <laughs> Ascot at York? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah. it. Must that was it. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say there the biggest thing with, with my Prospero is is do we pronounce it my Prospero as you're pronouncing it or my Prospero as I'm pronouncing it? Well, that's also a thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is also a factor. I don't I, know. There was a kerfuffle over this the last time he yeah. ran, and I think people the the the, the, the learned ones decided. That was Prospero, but I could We've be already wrong. given Caldi in 15 names anyway. <laughs> so it um, the if, you if you study Shakespeare, you'd be calling it Prospero. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. Shakespeare. No. Two, uh, not, but, but I didn't, so I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two each to two at the head of the market. Although Luxembourg is favoured on the exchange at around a five to two mark. Baybridge for my Prospero is nine to two. And the Springer in the market. Uh, won the Grand Prix de Chanty is the French uh, horse Simca Mille was 33 to 1 into 14 to 1 and looks like continuing to attract a bit of support on yeah, the sportsbook absolutely bolted up when last seen as well very short price but brings in a bit of international interest potentially with the american runner classic causeway as well if they decide to run him um let's move on to the duke of cambridge the group two and kevil coming straight to you for this because it's a competitive enough contest it's bringing similar levels of form in but joseph has Three in it, I think, at the moment, or in the market anyway. Jumbly, Honey Girl, and Above the Curve. I'm kind of presuming Honey Girl and Above the Curve won't show, and Jumbly's the obvious one on, off the back of what she did for the yard on debut when we last saw her, which was a solid effort in defeat. Yeah, Above the Curve won't go, I'd say. She's probably pretty poly at the curra. Honey yeah. Girl. Um, ground too fast? Would love to run, but the ground might be too quick. Yeah. Um, weather watch with her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right, Jumbly. I thought that was a smashing comeback. Look, she changed hands for a lot of money. She was a lovely filly last season. Um, progressive, really well looked after by, by um, Roger and Harry Charlton. And look, she's been trained for Roy Ascot. And I thought it was a lovely run um, on the comeback. You know, the track at the Curra round track is playing a, a bit funny. You know, pace holds up really well. And, um, and you know, the, the, the winner... Who's a good? Who's a very good mare? You know, I think very much got the run of it, 
and um, you know Ryan jumped off and was delighted with Jumbly. Um, Does ju- just beautiful come here as well? Yeah, Poss- so. possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He was Paddy was seemed to be keeping his options open trip wise, um, but yeah, you'd be really happy with her. You know, Josephs, um, especially his fillies. You know, it's been a theme this season. They're taking a real good jump forward from first start to second. Interesting. And like yeah. I said, it's been it's been a case of working backwards from this race all the way along. Um, so yeah, be very hopeful. Look, you look at the, you look the betting market. Barry will give us the odds. Like there's a whole heap here that aren't going to run. I suspect that are relatively short prices now. If they ran, you would be fearful of them. But mm. there's a bunch here that aren't going to run. I think, and um, at least if you're getting involved with Jumbly now, you know that thi- this is the big red circle race. She's going nowhere but here. If, yeah, all, if all is well. And uh, it's interesting, you know, they bought her for so much at the sale, the Coolmore operation, essentially, and they've kept her in training. And would you say that Royal Ascot was the big focus point or is there a group one further down the line for her if she was to take this in her stride? Yeah, look, there'll be plenty of races, but really you you split it in two. And, you know, for the first half of the season, this is what's been worked backwards from. And after that, you you sit down and you you go back at it again. But like this, there won't be there won't be much left. um, There won't be much left to play with here. This is important for her. Okay, interesting. What is the betting back? Yeah, she's been well found in the market in the last yeah. couple of days. She was a 6-1 to one chance into 7-2 to two favour because you've gotten Spiral there, who obviously we've already spoken about, highly unlikely to come here. Prosperous Voyage is a 4-1 to one chance above the curve, currently a 5-1 to one chance not coming here, according to Kevin. Laurel 5, just beautiful, is 6 and it's 12 bar. Grand Dame is a 12-1 to one chance, but yeah, jumbly well found. Uh, TC, as the boys have already touched upon, we're unsure what is going to run here. Obviously, yeah. Prosperous Voyage, if she showed up, she's a decent enough marker, but we know what she is now, really. Mm. What about a horse like Laurel? We were also surprised at what price she went off in the lockinge, short mm. enough that day. What Will she go here? No idea. I mean, like Kev said, this could really, really cut up. You, you look at Jumbly at uh, 4 to 1, 7 to 2 in the marketplace, and you think that's a bit short, but. You know, it was a really promising comeback, as Kev said. I mean, Just Beautiful, who made all that day, was actually smashed in the market in the last five minutes. They knew that was going to get an uncontested lead, and she didn't come back. Uh, Ryan was very happy with the horses, one of the ones he flagged up. He also, I've got no view in the race until I get the final field, but he also mentioned a horse that Grand, called Grand Dam of John Gosden's, who he also, he also liked. Now, that, that filly has got... She's been a bit of a cliff horse for me. Uh, group Keep one, group one place in the it. Sun Chariot. Uh, her best forms uh, come over a mile uh, on fast ground. Course winner. We haven't seen her this season, but I think she's 12s with the sports book. And in a race that could cut up, and if she does go there, uh, it'd be interesting because Ryan will have a, a choice to make. Because I, I'm not sure the exact part, the exactly own Grand Dam, but I'm pretty sure she is part of that. Tabor, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. 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 is it Doreen or Doreen Tabor? Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, he, he might have half a decision to make, but one's fours, one's twelves, but it's one twelves because we don't know she's going there. We know Jumbly's going there, so Grandam would interest me on the day if declared. Just occurred to me, we might one day, given the distances, we might get Jumbly racing against Jumby on the seven furlongs. Tomo could commentate, close finish. Oh, God. Can you imagine? No, I can't, and I don't want to even think you about it, to be honest with you. Um, but do tell me what well, you think is going to win this. I'm going to be wishy-washy whilst tipping a dame, and I'm, I'm with oh. Tony on this. Oh. Um, I think she's got more to offer. She's had six starts. The coronation was all too much for her when she was pitched in at this level mm. early on last season. But I thought she marked herself down as a very exciting horse when she won an Ascot Maiden on a debut from an unpromising position when she was green as well. And no way we've seen the best of her after 
Okay. Sextet of runs. So she'd be my first port of call at the price, but it's a, it's a race for uncertainty. That wishy-washy um, dame, is that a panto joke that yeah. we didn't get? It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another <laughs> joke that we didn't can get. We, can, we, uh, can we cut oh, that? Can we, can, we, can we echo in some uh, laughter? Some laughter yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please, yeah. So I, just, I just got it. I thought, wishy-washy, where's he going? Five minutes later. <laughs> at least you got it there. The rest yeah. of us didn't yeah. at all. Spotlight has got young days. I haven't got it, to be honest. We're going to have to give you, not a bet fair, we're going to a joke card. This one's a joke. Laugh, everyone. We don't want to from you Dan, again. let's roll on <laughs> to let's roll on to the Royal Hunt Cup, please. Um, I have absolutely no idea what's going to show up here or what the market <coughs> looks like. Is anything? There is something jumping out. Yeah, at there you, is. Hence why I'm coming to you first. I'm going to get first digs in on TC this time. Yeah. Um, Perotto, back to the well. I'm obviously banking on TC's favourite train having a resurgence at the top level at this meeting because I'm with Mick Bar here. We'll discuss Elder 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 of later on and. Yeah, I think Perotto is extremely interesting. Second start for Roger Varian, former winner of Britannia. I put him up on the pod. Typically, he finished seventh when we had first six places, I think. Oh, um, <laughs> but he was o- I think he was on the wrong side of the track to some extent, and it wasn't one of those Ascot straight track races where it's a total pace collapse and they all fly through late, and it didn't really happen. They were here, there, and everywhere. There was an element to me of uh, a getting to know you about that first start for the stable mm-hmm. late headway into seventh suggested the ability is still there my negative is 96 might be touch and go it was 95 bottom weight last year but Ooh. she'd be fairly hopeful they're not going to obviously not going to run in between now and then to guarantee him a run but if he gets in this um i thought he was the most interesting runner really well handicapped royal ascot form and second start for varian all right what price uh parada 12 at the moment uh saga the king's horse has shot to the top of the market Ooh, in the last couple gosh. of uh, yeah, he's Devils a bit of a monkey, isn't he? Punishment there. Oh, he was yeah. a twelve to one chance. Yeah. He's into nine to one now. So still should have won when I put it up on its return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Astro <laughs> King, a horse that poisons me every time I see him. I, I backed Ooh. him that year, real world. Yeah, beat him. Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> a ten to one chance. He's in a new yard now. Uh, what price? Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. Good old pod pod favourite, isn't he? Yeah, Jimmy yeah, Hendrix. He's in there. He's below the curve. Right? He's, below the, well. he's yeah. below the fold at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, one that there has been money for, Blue For You, who uh, ran on well in York. He was just behind Astro King. That was sick. Uh, 25 to 1 into 16 to 1. And Intelligent, uh, 12 from 16 for Jane Chapmanheim. Okay. Just, just to give you a guide, if you're, if you're looking at this race anti-post, that the last three bottom weights have been rated... 95, 93, 97. So Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. If you can go further back, if you want, 96, 97, 98, 97, 96, 96. Yeah, this is just the classic readout. Do we TC, have we have to... Yeah. 14, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Right. TC, um, did you have a view in this race? Yeah, uh, I've had a little bit win only prior on the exchange, uh, around about 16s. I think he's still 16.5 there. Um, I think it was a Obvious tee-up job over seven furlongs last time. Back up to a mile. It's a course and distance with the Royal Meeting. Uh, won the Britannia when with Marcus Tregoni. Uh, and he's three pound lower now. So if he gets in, I think he's got an obvious chance. It could well be a big draw race, but obviously we don't know that at the moment. Uh, I've also had a little bit win only in one east. Uh, two, two appalling runs this season. But this horse, when he, he's... When he, when he gets it together, he's very, very talented. I think a mark of 95, uh, you know, underestimates his, his potential, if not his current form. Uh, yeah, if he gets it all together, I think one of these is, is very capable there. He's the kind of horse that might benefit from a bit of headgear. Um, 
yeah, I mean, those are the two that I've played, very small win only. Uh, but I would, I would give a, uh, an interesting um, note out to a horse called Symbol of Light. Julie Camacho is having a superb season. Isn't she just? Uh, she's got this horse uh, from uh, Charlie Appleby from Godolphin. They only paid 60 grand for it. It was due to run at York last month. Pulled it out with a vet cert. Whether it will get into the race, I don't know. But uh, some big, big prices knocking around for Symbol of Light. And gets into the race. Yeah, I mean, given that Camacho form, the likes of Shaquille will come on to. Um, very interesting uh, uh, stable switcher. Yeah, that's All right. a 66, the one chance. And it's five places in the anti-post market yeah. on the sports book. Brilliant. We need to roll on, guys. Day three. Got to keep this show moving. Um, obviously, with these two-year-olds, we just really don't know where loads of them are going to run. But we can kick off with the Norfolk Stakes, the Group 2, uh, on day three. And, Dan, just a quick line from you. Actually, we'll get the betting first, because this is where we obviously see one of the Wesley Ward hot pots in American Rascal. But taking on one of our hot pots in elite status, isn't it? Yeah, national stakes winner, 6-4 to four elite status. Uh, American Rascal, 9-4. to four. River Tiber's in there at 6-1. to one. Devious is a 12 to 1 chance at Nacho Magica. I think he said that it's definitely coming here, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. He was originally uh, thought it was a Coventry horse. But yeah, but back, after yeah. what happened in the Curry, he thought drop back to 5 would really suit that mm. one. And that's a 12 to 1 chance. I can see that coming under a bit of pressure. Okay, myself and Brendan Duke on the podcast was so impressed with elite status, Dan, and I'm not going to abandon him here. No, no. Nor would I. I mean, no. I'm not going to say people that's going back this horse at six to four. You end up on the wrong part of the track or something. But there is a horse making the market. And when was his last? I I was still getting lulled in even last year. <laughs> when was Wesley's? I think it was only two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, but but look, come here. This is why people tune into these <laughs> preview nights, Vanessa, because I have a mole in the Wes Ward camp. <laughs> I he, know uh, where this is going. And he rang me last night and he said. Wesley thinks this is the best he's ever had. <laughs> every time every I have interviewed, so for uh, in, in the past, I've been sent to like the Wesley Ward Royal Ascot preview, you know, 10 days a week before Shock. yard visit for the press. Shock. And honestly, you never, you never don't leave there thinking he's going to have about seven winners. <laughs> no, he is, he could sell. Multis on and <laughs> honestly, you leave there and you're like, right, this is it. This is going to be the year. Wesley Ward. He's only got five. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's the most convincing man in the game, surely. What if? What if this horse just sets it up for elite status to prove Lovely. himself? Uh, in fairness, all messing An aside, this did look like a rocket ship first time out. <laughs> in fairness, <laughs> I guess this was Im Im like Im embarrassingly impressive. Um, it brought back memories of Mammy. Is that mm. Lady Aurelia? Like yeah. Do you remember her winning that was the mm. Queen Mary? Like Frankie doing that. Like <laughs> literally, <laughs> like one of those, like one of those, like I'd put it in probably my top ten like visual impression races of all time. It was just like a computer game, it just like turbo button, whoosh. We might see the same again, but I'm all aboard elite stage. That'd be so. something, wouldn't it? Those two coming clear yeah. later on. Um, let's let's roll on the Ribblesdale Stakes, please. Um, Barry, I really don't know what's going to run here because obviously those Oaks Phillies and the Oaks Phillies in the form line they bring in, we're not expecting to see the Soul Sister all save the last dance. And instead we've got, as you would expect, I suppose, for a group two, what feels like the second Raiders in this division. Oh. Infinite Cosmos. Is she at the top of the market yeah. currently? Yeah. yeah, seven to two with Soul Sister. But like you say, another this is another race where, you know, could cut up badly. Blue stockings five, save the last dance five, six, as that. There has been some money for that. Um as that. That's come in for a bit of support. Mm. It's six now, was eight and ten. 
uh, earlier on the week. Running line in there at 10 as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a difficult one to really get a hold on this race. Mm. I, can give, you a, I can give you a runner. Go on. That I do have a sneaky fancy for. Yeah. Um, Lumiere Rock is going to run. Joseph. 16 to 1. Um, 16 to 1 is going to run. And you can look at her form and say maybe she's not up to this level, but... I've been watching her now for a long time and I, I, she's a real middle distance filly and this is her chance stepping up and trip and I think the ground's going to be fine and I think her form could potentially get a boost between now and then because the filly that beat her, Caroline Street, is going to run in the Prix de Diane mm -hmm. in France and I, I'd have a sneaky fancy for her. I think she's a very talented filly. Um, so Lumiere Rock, um, by the time we get to the far side of that, um, she might have come to more people's attention but like the real underlined double underlined point here is like she's crying out for this trip and i think right. the course distance will suit her really well so um yeah i'd have her in your mind um in a race where it's hard to find a runner i'll give you a runner and one that i have a sneaky fancy for like that okay yeah. uh tc where are you li landing here surely there's a horse at a bigger price away from the stout horse there is but i'm gonna hold fire for now but uh, okay. i would say there's some there's some there's a bit of nibbles around for village voice jesse harrington's horse uh, beat a well-regarded horse in Jackie O last time over a mile two. Unproven over the trip and never raced on anything quicker than soft, so that would probably worry you. But I thought Dance in the Grass was interesting if uh, she gets declared. Uh, now, she was a surprise no-show at the overnight stage in the Oaks. Um, so whether, the, whether that was by accident or design, she's coming here fresh, I don't know. That's, that's an obvious concern. But she was fifth in the Guineas. Uh, the horses either side of her there, Carnarvon, and Meditate, uh, both finished second in classic sinks. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a 33 to one chance. Um, step up in trip, the dam run over a mile four, albeit at kind of like top handicap company around about a mark of 100, so not a classic pedigree as such. But if you wanted me at the moment, if I had to have a bet, I would say Dance in the Grass at 33s is the most interesting. All right, two horses at a bigger price then in a race where we are unsure of runners at this stage. But don't forget, we will have the daily podcasts and then we will give our confirmed selections ahead of each day's racing. So you'll have them to look forward to. Gold Cup, guys. Big race. Gold Cup on the third day. Um, some saying this isn't sort of a vintage category at the moment, Dan, which I think is unfair. I think you've got proven stairs. I think you've got improving younger horses. You've got horses coming back like subjectivists. Mm. There's so much to like in here. And the improvement that Coltrane has shown in the last few years, he was beaten in the Cesarich of 97 as a three-year-old, was it? And since then, he's just grown, developed, loved this mm. longer distance. Then the likes of Eldar Eldaroff, obviously the St. Ledger winner. Emily Dickinson, I feel like people have latched onto her just in the absence of Kiprios. It's like, okay, well, we need an Aidan O'Brien runner in the Gold Cup. What should we latch onto? Emily Dickinson will do, and there seems to My be a lot. My analysis sorted for this race. Yeah, that's <laughs> that. Um, and then Subjectivist, back obviously well, from the injury. That I think his price and the price of Trushan, yeah, they tell a tale of those two having... Well, in the case of Subjectivist, it was... It was none of his business, was it? He got injured. Maybe he's not what he was. I think he was a better stay than Stradivarius. <laughs> How do we peak. know he's not what he was? Well, like no, he may, he may still be. And then you've got Trushan, who not long ago was putting up one of the best handicap performances <laughs> we've ever seen. And he's 16s. And again, yeah, Sands of Time might have sort of wearied him to some extent. But I think Emily Dickinson remains... <coughs> Highly likely to be suited by two and a half. And I'm being charitable and taking the view that she just bounced last time. Yes, the tail flashing. I could have done without that. <laughs> but she won on heavy first time back. It looked cosy. But you never really know on the return 
how many Aiden horses do we have to see put a bad run behind us mm. before we become believers again? I mean, it's happening <laughs> left, right, and centre, isn't it? For me, yeah, I've yeah, yeah may maybe that, that could be some sort of issue, but I think there's compensation in the fact she's now going over two and a half miles because this is a thorough staying horse and yeah she is as slow as a funeral yeah she's she yeah. she what was she not about to see barry could chart <laughs> the prices well she was about yeah, three was or something she was a she's out to 13 yeah. to two now and yeah. bigger obviously on she the exchange so i think they have been given out some soundings mm. some warnings about the ground that the if they don't get the suitable enough conditions that she, she was run. she was absolutely smashed up last time she went off two to five there and um very sp uh, very quickly, I spoke to Ryan about this. He said he ruled out about three excuses. He said the two mile four will really suit her. The ground, if it is on the quick side, it's got to be a it's got to be a, uh, a big negative. And also, what he said there, I mean, one of the possible excuses for that defeat last time, um, he he made the running there and he had to go up the inside. I'm not sure the inside was the place to be that day, but he said, look, I was on. You know, I was on a front runner. I, I can't, I can't swing eight wide and, mm. and, and, and give the inside to everybody. So I think there are excuses that I'd be worried if you're playing her anti-post because I like. I do think I think fast ground would scare them. I just don't know about her class <laughs> for this company. Yeah, I know. What you like, mean. and now I was with her a couple of times last year. Like, I liked her at a big price in the ledger and things like that. She just looked so slow, mm. and then she finally got two miles at the Cara and looked really good, but. I just don't know about her level. Like, is she, like, there's a few, like, proper group one stayers here, isn't there? And yeah. I, is she that on her very best day? The trip will be likely to bring out the very best in her, but will her very best be good enough? I don't know. I don't know. And, like, Eldar Eldaroff, I can see the case, but I prefer Coltrane. Like, I think he's been really good. He's just, he's, he's, been, a, he's been a late bloomer. Like, back end the last season, like, he had those two tussles with Trushan. He should have beaten him twice. Like, Trushan got a bad ride the first day, and then the second day, Coltrane got chopped up early on and got poorly positioned as a result and was really unlucky not to win. But his comeback was very good. Course and distance, A1. We know that. Ground, A1. Trained for the race. Um, he's fav, but I think he's a real solid fav in a, in a race that's very much opened up there in the last few months. Okay. Um, yeah, go on, Barry. No, I just it's tree to field at the moment. You can't split them. Uh, Coltrane and Elder Elder off Emily Dixon, like I said, is eight to thirteen to two. Broom in there at eight to one. Uh, Courage Monomies an interesting one yeah. for the Gossens. Mm -hmm. Only had three runs. Won a handicap in Goodwood, off ninety eight, and they're pitching it in here. Uh, that's a really interesting runner. Yabir you, you you as well is a real wild card if he ran, stepping up a mile. Like he's a classy mm. horse, you he know. Is, if he yeah. adapted to staying, you'd be afraid of him, but it's a he's always it's a big I don't unknown. It's partly in his head in it, but he's mm. he's always strong at the finish on a going day. What's mm. it suiting him? Uh, TC like you wanted to chime Yeah, in just I'm 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 very, very sweet on the top two of the market. A, a free run and uh, a free run, I think. Even money coupled. I um that well, that's the first thing I was going to come on to. When I when I see horses that price in a race of depth that I think are very fair prices, I'll tend to just sit this one out. I mean, it wouldn't okay. su wouldn't surprise me at all. Wait, I think I think one of the two will win. Will I be backing them to do so? Not at those prices, no. I haven't even mentioned Echoes and Rain. She yeah, yeah. Go here. yeah. she'll Willie. travel well. Um, I I can I wouldn't have her at the trip. Not okay, for me. Uh, let's move on to day four, guys. And uh, we will kick off with the Albany Stakes again, back to the two-year-olds again, unsure what's going to run. But um, Kev, I'll come to you first here. We've got Varian's Jabarar at the top of the market and Donica O'Brien's got an interesting runner in Porta Fortuna, who you'd be hard not to be impressed with. 
Um, I like the one that finished second tour. Oh, okay. Um, Navassa Island. Navassa Island. Michael O'Callaghan. Um, that was a giant run. Look, she came from the breezes. Michael O'Callaghan does very well with his breezers. Um, he lobbed her into that group three, first time in the track, and she's run an absolute stormer. She's jumped on terms. She's through, for me, just inexperience. She's lost her pitch. She's ended up out the back. She's then come off the bridle and had to wait until inside the two pole to get open country. And like she has flashed home, particularly in the final furlong. You know, the sectionally, it, it, it stacks up really well. And the winner is no joke either, but I thought she shaped so well. Um, I believe she's changed hands since then. She'll be in different colors. Medallion um, racing, is it? Oh, no, no, that's Donica's horse, sorry. Yeah, d um, I yeah, forget the name, but it's different colors. And yeah, I think this is the target. Okay. Uh, I think she's a big price, you know, because there's surely going to be improvement to come. Um, and it was just a, a run full of promise. You know, it's there on the page as well, half-sister to Lazoo. Um, she didn't lick, lick the ability off the stones. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, like I, I think she, I'm surprised she's not shorter because that's, you know, it's quite a, quite a sexy effort now to finish in nev Never Near or whatever it was, head second yeah. in, a, in a group three first time. But the market doesn't necessarily reflect that. Okay, interesting. What does the market read? Jabari is your favourite at three to one. The Roger Varian uh, horse uh, and won the same race that uh, Dea went won before going on to win this the Albany uh, a couple of years back. Uh, Matrika for Aidan O'Brien is a six to one chance. Porta Fortuna is six to one. Soprano six to one. Uh, Navarro Island Kevin's fancy is currently an eight to one chance. Right, uh, TC. Did you have a view in this race? Uh, just a little flag up that uh, Pride and Rubies um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, won on Sunday and very un Aidan O'Brien like immediately said we're going to go less than two weeks later going to go to Royal Ascot with her and um, yeah, it's a step up to six furlong will really suit one over five at the weekend uh, by Diamonds and Rubies that won the Cheshire Oaks fourth in the Oaks so you think the extra, extra furlong will really really suit so Pride and Rubies I wouldn't play in this kind of market because we don't know the entries uh, there could be any number of horses, you know, jettisoned into this. But Pride and Rubies is very interesting because of the quick turnaround. Interesting indeed. Let's roll on to the Commonwealth Cup, which could, as it's traditionally been really since it started, been a belter of a race. Yeah. You know, you could make cases for so many in here. Obviously, at the top of the market, Little Big Bear is going to take all the beating for sure. It's probably a race made for him, Dan, at this point in his career. And we saw him bounce back from the disappointing Guineas run. Then you've got a horse like Sakir, who's a run behind him profile-wise in terms of flopped in the Guineas, now needs to bounce back from that sprinting. But, I mean, what he showed last season, I was so impressed yeah. with. He's not... Uh, something just to be sort of pushed aside, I don't think. And then the likes of Shaquille and Noble Style didn't look straightforward at Newbury, but still plenty of ability. Yeah. I just don't think it's quite as straightforward as All Aboard Little Big Bear. No, nor do I. And at the no interest in that price, anti-post. No. Not sure I'd have massive interest when the decks came through, to be honest. Sorry, Be just Barry, what price is Little Big Bear? 13 to 8 at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, not much has to go wrong to make that look an mm -hmm. ordinary bet. Yeah. And... He was a beneficiary to some extent from track position at Haydock. Let's not forget that. that they were yeah. it, maybe that was just him bounced back to that brilliant two-year-old form, but maybe he was on the right part of the track. He was on the right yeah. part of the track. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to want to take him on on that basis. You know, they look at the guineas flop, then they say, right, he bounced back, right part of the track, should have been a ring, followed follow him through, you know, where the two of them flattered to an extent. But 
while you can definitely make a case for him being underpriced based just on Haydock, you know, you know, don't forget how good a two-year-old mm. he was. Like yeah. he was one and of he the he was one of the best two-year-olds oh we've seen course, in like yeah. literally a decade. He was better off the boards in Haydock as well mm. to bounce back. Like the market spoke so volumes good, there. <laughs> yeah. And it's Maybe just and it was just he adapted so easily back to it. Like he travelled, loved it, and he quickened. And I know people were poking that his his head carriage a little bit. For me, he was bone idle. I thought he was dossing the whole mm. final, you know, 150 yards. He was having a laugh. He's drifted off to the left late on. Like, I thought that was just reflective of he's an awful lot better than what was chasing him there. So um, is it just the straightforward that Little Big Bear wins? I'm not saying it's straightforward, but I think he'll be a very popular one in terms of people opposing him, and I wouldn't be in that camp. Okay. Um, a bit like August Rodan, a bit like well him yeah, when he ran at Haydock. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what price he goes off, but, you know, don't forget, like, with the like of August Rodan, like, if the... If the if the lads are ha if the lads are confident, <laughs> you know the market can move. Don't think we'll ever see confidance but like August uh, Rodin's confidence. It's a lot. You get a lot of people talking nonsense, especially about August Rodin in in the derby. I mean, he went off nearly eleven to two on Betfair. Everyone saying, "Oh, if they really really fancy, he'll go off at five to two, two to one." It's not always the case. It's it's people read too much into that, and they're talking about little Big Bear in the run-up chase. In the last, ever since Haydock, people say, "Oh, I'm against I'm against little Big Bear." Without mentioning two things. One, the price that you have to go to, to to lay him, which is, again, very convenient for people saying, oh, I'm definitely going to be against him, my lay, of the, my lay of the meeting. And also the opposition. Now, there isn't a great deal of opposition in here. Um, so I don't think he's got a great deal of depth, but that can work oh. in the favour for one of my bets of the meeting. Uh, and that's Lazoo. Now, Group 1 winner, uh, course winner on fast ground. I think she's definitely shaped like a non-stayer, an eighth in the thousand guineas. Um, 10 to 1 each way, um, I really, really like that. I don't like, I, I think for all I've just said that about Little Big Bear, I think he is vulnerable. But I think, you know, about 7 to 4, 15 to 8 on the exchange, I think that's his price. Shaquille, I quite like, but he is a horse that can get really hit up uh, and at the, at the Royal Meeting. Was it all where the finals day was? Yeah, and Royal Ascot. Um, you know, if it is a, a I think a they are worried about like it. They've yeah, spoken you, about the concern. Yeah. I mean, if you are, if you're, it's the kind of horse that you'd probably back really late on rather than the anti-post or even at the 48-hour stage. Now, I just look at this race. I don't see a great deal of depth. I see a, I see a Group 1 winner, uh, proven on the ground, the track, uh, and the step-back trick is going to suit. I think 10s each way is probably not going to give anything away, but one of my bets of the meeting. Can I add? You can briefly. Well, we just saw about, Kev mentioned standout two-year-old farm from Little Big Bear. I don't think Noble Star was a million miles behind. Um, no, he wasn't. Kev loved what he did up at that, York that, that day. That gym crack performance, what he's, he's stuffed Marshman, coming from an unpromising position. Am I unfair position, in saying that Cold he just case. didn't look... I just didn't think he looked that. Oh, the head carriage wasn't. He was, he was wasn't great. I agree. He was just caught out for sharpness, wasn't he? Like little big bear adapted really oh yeah. well coming back, whereas he just looked like a horse that was dropping back in trip. And look, maybe it'll sharpen him up. They've been telling them to probably. This is the problem when you do what they did there. They're telling them to relax all spring, and that are telling them to go to go again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so maybe he'll sharpen up. But the class is there, I think. In the gl yeah. class is there, and the, uh, that York performance one thing, but his debut at. As was at Ascot. Mm -hmm. He was deep impressed. He's been straight. He strikes me as a perfect Ascot. Oh, there was loads of hype finish. about him that day. Yeah, yeah so he, was yeah. he was a four to one chance for this race before his last run, and mm -hmm. now he's a ten to one chance. So that yeah. tells you a lot. So about many of those, though, Guineas horses, 
prove that they weren't milers. Yeah. One worth mentioning that a bit of support has come in for Jessica Harrington's uh, Philly Ocean Quest was twenty-five to one into fourteen to one, um, second to the Antarctic in the in the Lacken Stakes. So, All just right. one to keep on your radar. Okay, good to note. Uh, Barry, let's move on to the Coronation Stakes. Another clash of the Guineas winners, both sides of the Irish Sea, as per earlier on in the week with the Colts, this time Phillies, and we get to see, hopefully, to hear a take on Morge. Are we expecting this clash to happen, Barry? Yeah, well, yes, I hope so. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I don't see why Sounds it shouldn't. Like, like it, yeah. yeah, Dermot Weld has been very positive. That I just this get jumpy with these things. That well, she's 11 to 10 on Tahira. Uh, Moj is 5 to 2. I think Brendan Dew called it right um, after uh, Tahira won the Irish Guineas. Remember, he said there's yeah. no way that, that uh, Moj could go off favourite in this race. Mm -hmm. And he's bang on there. 11 to 10 on Tahira. If they both match, mediate, uh, uh, meditates in there at 8 to 1. Queen for you is an 8 to 1 chance, and it's 12 bar. But... Yeah, the two Guineas winners look to have it between them at the head of the market. It's all about Tahira, isn't it, Kev? Yeah, look, I thought last time was a potential banana skin for her. You know, it had a very tough race in Newmarket when not there yet. You know, as I think everyone kind of acknowledged at the time. Um, but, and Stall one, Curra, Guineas, you know, hostile waters, things can go wrong. <laughs> um, but she, she has an awful lot of class and she got the job done. Um, it wasn't super impressive, like the Moyglare will say, but just getting the job done, I think, was the most important thing. And look, one would hope she'd come forward again. She, lo she looked quite well at the Curra, whereas she hadn't at Newmarket. She's, she's coming, as they say. Um, and I think this course and distance will suit her well. Will she want the ground rattling fast? I don't know. Um, she, she's a good moving filly, but Dermot doesn't seem, has mentioned a few times, I think that wouldn't necessarily mm. want it rattling. Yeah. Um, so look, a really interesting rematch. I'd favour her, but the prices reflect that. I'll give a little mention to ele Electric Eyes. Yeah. Um, don't know idea if she's going to make it here or not. I know there was, there was some bullish talk about her pre-guineas. She didn't turn up. Um, really impressed with her last season. Ran a huge race behind um, Commissioning who we didn't get to see again. And if she was to turn up, she'd be potentially interesting. Um, yeah, and over this 12 trip... 12 or 14 to 1 or something like that. Yeah. Electric eyes, yeah. yeah. And over this trip, you'd hope that there's improvements come from her stepping up, I think. Yeah, like I, I, just, I just think she's potentially a very nice filly. Um, they're unlucky to miss the guineas, but yeah. um, still get to take on the three-year-old fillies here if they get her here. And Dan, mm. you know, we've mentioned in the market likes of Queen for You, who brings in none of the Guineas form coming out of this race from a totally different level. But how far could she step up? Could she yeah. even be in the mix? Or is Tahira and Morge just over here better? Yeah, I think my overall, like, to nutshell the race, I think a lot of people wrongly in some instances are lulled in by the strong traveller over the finder. And I think we'll see that if King of Steel ever meets Argus Rodan again. I think a lot will want to back King of Steel because he travelled so well. But I just think the grind will probably see him off again. But in this instance, I think to hear is Kev used the right word, just class, isn't it? The mm. way sh she goes through her races, quick ground at Ascot, I'd say, would be absolutely ideal. I don't think Marge will beat her a second time. All right. And uh, do you have any different view, TC, to yep. add? I backed Meditate each way at 8-1. to one. Oh. Uh, I've also backed her at uh, about 10-1 to one win only. Um, I, thought she, I thought she might have had uh, to hear at one stage. Uh, and I think my angle into this... I think the draw will be key here. I think if Ryan can get out on the front end on quick ground around that bend at Ascot, I think Medahate will get a lot nearer. I mean, she's only got a length and a half to find. Um, she, obviously, she's got a couple of verdicts over Morge last season. So, you know, and obviously it was a big improvement from Newmarket to Ireland last time. If they can get a bit more improvement out 
given the, the way the race is run. I mean, sometimes you, you skip around that bend at Ascot and they do take a lot of pegging back. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I, I think the each way part, is, I, the, I think the place part is, is pretty safe. Uh, and eight to one, I'll, I'll, I'm taking my chances there. And if, you, if, you're on, if you're having some each way doubles on the day, uh, which I will be doing here, uh, meditate is uh, a central plank of those. Okay, we're going to roll on uh, to day five, but very quickly, TC, uh, just whatever your selection is for the King Edward the Seventh stakes, I think you were the only one who had a view in this race at this point. What is that view, very briefly? Uh, I think it was probably no bet, actually, given there's okay. about 40 <laughs> of it. I, 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 <laughs> I want to see if Artistic Star turns out after the, oh, after, after the derby. Now, at one point, turning around the bend, uh, coming into the straight, <laughs> I thought he was going to pull him up. Uh, and I was amazed when I looked afterwards and he f saw he finished seventh. Now, okay. it, if that hasn't you know, set him back, uh, not acting on the track, I think artistic star, but we don't know what's going to run here. So this is one race to just rein it in. All right, artistic star isn't being abandoned by TC yet. No, sure. uh, TC, we will stick with you because we roll on to day five and we're going to kick off with the Hardwick Stakes. Um, obviously, this was sort of touted as the place Hookham would come to, but we've already discussed him in terms of is he going to run in the Prince of Wales's earlier in the week. Um, if he does run here in the Hardwick, then he's a standout, but he's got mm. to take on the likes of potentially free wind, who yeah. I think we've been talking about on Racing Only Better for approximately two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> and we've seen so little love her but she's a favorite of mine she's looking for that group one it's obviously why uh, she's been kept in training but this could be a stepping stone to that later in the season um will she give even hookham and pile driver something to think about here i think this is a really interesting race i mean i i could possibly put up you know free bets here i mean if hookham comes here i think he's probably the most likely winner of the meeting i think he's if you're looking for one bet and he has to win over the five days at royal ascot i think hookham yeah. But would he come here? I did ask around for what price would you go? No one, no bet. Uh, and the answer I got back was five to four. I'd have that all day long. But th then against that, I can see the argument for four, uh, free wind, four to one each way. Will, she, will they risk her on fast ground? When she got interfered with badly at Haydock last year and she missed the rest of the season, uh, apparently it, trans it transpires it was a near fatal injury. So will they risk her on really fast ground? Or would it be really fast ground? We don't know. And if you are looking for a feel-free each way bet, maybe Deauville Legend, Melbourne Cup fourth, handles the track, handles the ground, been away from a racecourse gallop, uh, and just looks a very, very solid each way chance. So, yeah, I could put up three bets in that. And Plenty to like in this race in the Hardwick, Kev. Um, actually, Barry, we'll just get a betting check-in with you before Kev's selection. Um, yeah, 13 all about Hookham, right? Yeah, 13 to 8 Hookham, free win, 4 to 1, and it's 8 bar. All right. Yeah, Go nothing, nothing too mad for me here. I, I like Hookham a lot. Um, we know it was mentioned this morning, as, as was mentioned earlier, that um, if the rain did come, they might consider supplementing into the Prince of Wales's, but otherwise, like I think he'll, he'll take a woeful amount of whack in here. Um, like I've always liked him. I think he's been a bit underrated. Um, and it, look, a mile and a half probably suits him a bit better than 10 furlongs. And yeah, he just, I think he just wins. Mm. All right. Come on, the free wind. Oh, 
I hope I hope she runs it. I'm kind of thinking she won't turn up. Yeah, that's, okay. That's, that's informing my confidence. I mean, if if I'm right and they're looking for that Group One later in the season, why would they risk her? They mm. know that she can run well fresh. They might just keep mm. her for later on when they get a bit of cut. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's roll on. Platinum Jubilee Stakes back to the sprinting division and real international feel down about this. We've got Artorias, obviously the traveller from Down Under, ran in this race, ran last year so well. Mm. Um, but the vibe on the street from everything we're hearing and reading seems to be that they think they have him in better order this time around by all accounts and he's got to take on Wellington if he shows up here with the Chartin form who I can't profess to know anything about and then is there anything from earlier on in the week that's going to do the double Highfield Princess obviously yeah. has both options so it's a fascinating little renewal but I'm surprised well not surprised but there's a lot of hype around Artorias this time around. Arto yeah. Artorias is um, just rock solid for me. We know how he'll run. He runs the same race every time. But if he gets going quicker than he did 12 months ago, I wouldn't have anything short there anyway. And the thing is, the Highfield Princess, you could be on a very bad bet. If she blows out for some reason in the King stand, she's highly unlikely to run. Yeah. And if she does run, she'll be going into it on the back of a below power run. So I'm... I'm hoping it's Artorius that will shout in rather than Wellington. Yay! Yay! We'll that one. Thank you. Was that prepared? Was that no, really I just prepared? Come, the, these bad lines just come to me. Wow, what a natural. Um, Barry, <laughs> Barry, what's the what's the betting? What price Artorius? Uh, four to one favourite at the moment. It's six to one Wellington Highfield Princess in there at eight. Uh, welcome winner Rohan is a nine to one chance. Art Power ten. Uh, some money for um, pr uh, no. Art Power, after his Greenham wins, there was a few quid for that. Yeah, he's, he's currently at 10 from 14. Ken Ross? Will Ken Ross show up in any of these? We haven't even mentioned him. Yeah, I wasn't no. sure either. No? no. He used to be pigeonholed as a, you know, needed a bit of cut, but got equally good form on fast. I don't see why it wouldn't turn up. Yeah, well, TC, what do you fancy in this? I've had a bet in the race. I'm normally, uh, I'm normally a little Englander, ignore, well, a large Englander. Um, <laughs> I normally ignore anything that isn't trained uh, in England or Ireland, but... If you look at the form, why is Wellington? I, I know the sportsbook are ducking him at a six to one, but he tends in the wider marketplace, and he's around about that on the ex well. He's actually about nine point four in the exchange. So I won't lie and say he's tens. Um, I, I can't see why he's, he's that big a price. I'm assuming he's going to come over. Uh, I'm reliably informed that if Lucky Swainess, the horse mm. he's been lucking forms with for the last two years, would have been in this race, it'd be twos on. Now he actually beat him in October. He's actually got within a length and a length and a half with him in two starts this year. Um, I know the Hong. I don't think there's been a Hong Kong runner over here since 2016, and they haven't had a winner since uh, oh. Little Bridge won the 2012 King Stand. So, a rare. If he comes over, I mean, the class he's shown. I mean, I, I imagine if Time Form had put a figure on that and didn't try to cheat him off top, they'd have Wellington <laughs> top rated. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like say, that doesn't happen. I can't <laughs> uh, no, well, Wellington's price doesn't 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 make any sense given his level of form over in Hong Kong. The trainer did say on Lucky's pub that he's going to run as well. Is that something to do with people not following Shatin form yeah. generally, and so you look at it and you see that he hasn't been bolting up consistently? Well, I say, like, like I say, that Lucky Swainis is is just a bit of a monster. He goes off fives on himself for every race <laughs> Group One he runs in and wins. All uh, right, so we've got international. Chances from the boys so far. Kev, which way did you land? Surely ah. give us an Irish poke in here. No, no? Calvin's all of my thunder there. Oh. Because, uh, thunder. This, 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 thunder. this time last year, I was putting up um, Artorias for the race. Yeah. Do you remember all the focus was on home affairs and Artorias yeah. was a bit forgotten? 
Um, he's a funny old horse, like he doesn't win that much, but he has won since then because he does in Oz, like he gets a bit outpaced and flies home. Um, so the thought was that a track like Ascot might just help mm -hmm. him a little bit, um, slow down the finish. And in fairness, he ran great. I'm sure he'll run great again. Worth looking in the at the prelims now because he's a fair beast, beast of a physical now. Talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, Aussie, Aussie stereotype in terms of a physical. But Wellington, like in terms of the international ones, um, he, he stands out. Like he he's one of the best sprinters in the world. He's just been um like the 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 horse that T C mentions that's been beating him. Like he's he's really boomed on now this this calendar year, but he's the highest rated sprinter in the world now. He's hundred and twenty five. Wellington was 121, I think, in, in the world's best racehorse rankings at the end of last year. That's high-level stuff. Like, mm. There's not many sprinters in our neck of the woods that get up there. And he's there. He's been trained for it. Um, the Hong Kongers don't come over all that often, but they have enjoyed success at the meeting. And he's also won a Group 1 over 7, which I always like to see with, with the internationals coming over because sometimes the stiffness of Ascot can catch them out if they're real speedsters. Yeah. So like I, I thought he was really interesting now at the prices you know, okay. in particular. He should be up there amongst the market leaders. Yeah, really. Definitely. All right. Strong international chance then. All aboard Wellington. Um, that about wraps up the show, guys. Obviously, we are going to be doing the daily podcast, so stay tuned for those every day of the Royal Meeting becoming your way. Short, sharp, snappy podcasts, and we'll basically just be shouting out the winners. We'll just be tipping winners. But before we wrap up, should we have our anti-post naps? Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Your nap, please, at this stage, at the prices for the meeting. Uh, in the doubts over Baybridge's participation, it will be the same day, Hunt Cup, Parotto. Hopefully, TC, your nap, please. Lazoo, 10 to 1, each way, Coronation Stakes. Love it. Okay. No, 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 no sorry, Com Commonwealth, Commonwealth Cup. Cup. Commonwealth Cup, get that right, yeah. And Kev, your nap, you were swaying there as if you were just deciding. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a few there that I think are notably overpriced, but I think Wellington is probably the one to be. Wellington or Navassa Island, but I'll go with Wellington, so you know what to do. Um, go with the other one. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, the whatever it's called now, the not the golden jubilee, not the diamond the QE jubilee, two. not, not QE the plat not yeah. the platinum jubilee, not the cork and ori, yeah. uh, the QE two. Uh, I go with Wellington. Okay, Wellington uh, and Barry. Day one double for me. Obviously, every day of the Royal Ascot, we have our special offer of bet ten on horse racing multiples and get a free ten pound bet. I'm going to go River Tiber and Paddington. A double on day one works out about eight to one. The two Ryan Moore horses, like I said, check out what Ryan has to say on betting. Beffer and Munista is in the king stand at fifty to one. Like it, staying loyal to our man, the Betfair man, Ryan Moore, Always. on day one. Right, guys, that wraps up the show for the time being. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for your contributions. As I say, recording this one week out from the big week that is Royal Ascot. Stay tuned for our daily shows. But for now, enjoy the build-up. Have a good one. That was your Royal Ascot preview. <laughs>